0: Welcome to Colorado Equal Security. This is your newscast for episode 168 for the week of June 15th, 2020. Alex, uh, we're, we're remote again. What's going on here?
1: Uh, well, the good news, it's not because of a flare-up of coronavirus. So, positive
0: there. It's a flare-up um, of, getting, of getting out into the world?
1: Yeah, I'm actually taking a vacation. Can you believe that? I, I literally cannot believe that. Uh, it is—it's weird in these times, but I am going out of town. Uh, nothing crazy, just going up into into the mountains a little bit, um, which means it's you know easier for us to record remotely than to get together. So,
0: well, I miss seeing your beautiful face, but uh, but hearing your beautiful voice is just about as good.
1: Oh, thanks, Rob.
0: It, and now that we're done with that, let's talk about some, uh, some housekeeping. We, we have some, some information like there's a Slack channel, lots of great conversations going on there. Uh, you can join the Slack channel with all of your favorite Colorado security people by going out to colorado-security.com and clicking on the Slack button there.
1: We also have a mailing list. If you go to the website, colorado-security.com, scroll to the bottom, there is a form you can fill out with your email address. We will send you the show notes in your email every week. Um, mostly at the same time. uh, And it'll, you know, you'll get a little bonus information in there about the podcast.
0: And if you like the podcast, why don't you go ahead and rate us on your favorite podcast listening app. Tell us uh, what we do well and and what you'd like to see different. And we'd love to see that information. Of course, while you're there, you can subscribe and get the podcast in your inbox every week.
1: That is a great bonus. No work. Uh, Also, we'd love it if you tell your friends let them know how great Colorado Equal Security is, how great the podcast is, the Slack channel, everything that's going on. Tell them to come be a part of the community.
0: And of course, if you want to support us even more, there's a couple more ways you could do it. Number one, uh, we have a Patreon campaign. You could help support us financially. You can get the details on that on our website. Uh, and also, we'd love it if you'd volunteer to help do some interviews. You know, this podcast is is usually a newscast fo- followed by a feature interview. Uh, you know, due to COVID and due to some, some constraints for our schedules. We haven't been able to keep up with the interviews. So if you want to help out, do it, we would love that.
1: Somebody uh, did propose an interview this week, Rob, as you know. And so, you know, we may have an interview coming up, but we'd love for more people to, to come and talk with us.
0: So absolutely. We do have uh, one more reminder. We talked about last week um, that Douglas Brush had, st- had set up a, a new Colorado Equal Security book club. Um, once a, once again, as a reminder, we're going to st- have that first book club meeting on July fifteenth, and we're going to start with the book "Start with Why."
1: Yeah, and just a reminder. Um, you know, this is a, a a business sort of book. It's it's not a technical book. That the why is not a variable there. Um, it's uh, you know, it's about why you, you want to do things, and uh, so. But it's a, it's a that.
0: variable, though, right? Uh, I sp- yeah, in
1: some senses, I guess it is. got to figure um, out the variable. It, it's it's a important. question, right? Yeah. But uh, uh, not necessarily a variable in a programming sense. So,
0: so I have started Start With Why. Have why? you started it yet?
1: See there, I've started. I started with why.
0: Yeah. Well, I actually have started reading the book. Um, I, I haven't got very far, to be fair, but I have started it. I'll be ready by the 15th.
1: Well, I, you know, since I am going on vacation, maybe I'll take the book with me and I'll have a few minutes to read. That's a great idea, Alex.
0: Hey, speaking of great ideas, you know, in the in the day of COVID when you're not allowed to go sit in a movie theater next to each other, you know what can really fill that gap? I'll um, say Netflix. Boredom? Drive-in movie theaters. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't and, like a drive-in movie theater? And did you know that there are 10 drive-in movie theaters here in Colorado?
1: Uh, I did because I read this article. Um, previously, I don't know that I knew there were 10. I knew there were some. Um, but actually, in addition to having 10 in Colorado, the Holiday Twin in Fort Collins um, is the uh, the busiest drive-in in the country.
0: Pretty awesome. And they yeah. said that on Friday and Saturdays in the summer, they are tr- sometimes turning away 200 cars from getting in to see the show.
1: That is crazy. Um, of course due to social distancing um, they're only allowed to take in, you know, half the normal audience that they would right now. Um, but you know, drive-ins are the original social distancing uh, movie theater. So I think it's a great way to go and uh, see a double feature, you know, hang out in your car. Uh, I always loved watching uh, movies at the drive-in when I was a kid, you know, turn the car around sit
0: in the trunk. Uh, good stuff. You know, I, I kind of wonder how, why why are they making half capacity for a drive-in movie theater? It feels like they they could probably get away without doing that.
1: Yeah, my guess is it's probably one of those things where uh, there's not enough nuance in the regulation. You know, yeah. I think there's there's lots of areas that could be improved not just for the drive-in movie theater stuff um in the future, you know, knowing what we know now, but my guess is this is just a, you know, a blanket thing that businesses in general can open up at uh, at 50% capacity. So
0: I think we need to start in a write-in campaign to get that change for the drive-in movie theater business. That seems uh, good to me.
1: Call the governor. Call your local legislator. Make sure that they increase capacity at drive-in movie theaters because
0: they have nothing better to do than deal with us right now, right?
1: Exactly. Uh, next, there is a a Denver mushroom startup that closed a thirty-nine million dollar Series D. Uh, this is not the mushroom you might be thinking, though,
0: Rob. When you're looking for hard-hitting news, this is the place to come, Alex. We, we go it from is. driving movies into a mushroom food startup. Um, really, we're killing it all over the place here.
1: Yeah, so uh, Myco Technology, they have use mushrooms and mushroom powders as nutritional ingredients uh, in foods and to help with things like uh, shielding your taste buds by temporarily blocking bitter tastes. This allows uh, companies to put less sugar into products so that they don't have to be as sweet because you're you're not having that bitter taste. So am
0: I having deja vu? Am I in the matrix, or have we talked about this before?
1: I don't think so, but it, you know it's entirely possible. Uh, you know I know we have talked about uh, potentially decriminalizing magic mushrooms, but uh, I, I don't know if we've talked about this or not. Could well, be.
0: Well, they they look like they're doing great. Of course, their flagship product, which all of us know, is called Clear Taste. Um, which acts as a shield or for your tongue, and it will temporarily block bitter tastes, which sounds amazing. You know,
1: also, um, you know, this is their Series D. So it is possible that they're during their Series C or Series B or maybe even Series A that we did pick up the news. Who knows? Yeah
0: um well and and so when clear taste or yeah clear taste is blocking the bitters um the nice thing about that is sugar becomes comes out more so you actually don't need as much sugar in your food to get that sweet taste
1: yeah so companies cool. can actually
0: make it a little bit healthier kind of a cool idea
1: and you know uh mushrooms are you know a great source of umami so uh can add taste to your food too
0: that's umami is of course my favorite flavor
1: yes um my uh favorite flavor is despair <laughs> You're,
0: well, you're living in the right time, Doug. Alex has never been
1: happier. Next, uh, Impulsify, which is a, a startup here out of Denver uh, that makes self-service kiosks, is moving into uh, self-service kiosks for apartment communities. Pretty cool idea.
0: So if, you, if you've ever thought to yourself, you know, I want, I want to have all of the options of a 7-Eleven, but without the impersonality of a vending machine, uh, Impulsify is exactly the spot for you.
1: Yeah, it it uh it reminds me a little bit if the you know the little sort of uh, food area at you know the courtyard by Marriott grew up and, right. and decided it wanted to be a little more automated, right? You know, I think it's got you know some some sandwiches and uh, uh, a can of Pringles or something like that, and then now it's in a vending machine for you to get without having to interact with anybody. Uh, yeah, yay COVID.
0: And I have to assume because it looks like you could steal stuff. I have to assume there's some kind of electronics. Uh, jimmied up here so you get shocked if you try and steal something um
1: most likely um maybe there's a trap door that you fall through or something like that
0: yeah i think Could that's be. probably the right way but pretty cool it's a colorado company obviously got, got this big deal to, to do this on the east coast we love to see our local companies succeed so congratulations to embolsify our next story is about another Colorado company that's that's succeeding, uh, and this is a, a Denver startup called Flatfile. They just raised seven point six million dollars, uh, really to, to speed the dev- delivery of their new product called Concierge.
1: Yeah, uh, kind of cool. Um, you know, they're a data ingestion company. Which um, I guess I didn't realize that that was enough of a market to have a company completely dedicated to that. But I mean, sure, why not? Uh, so you know, their their product concierge is a, a no code solution for uh, importing data into your organization. So that sounds kind of cool.
0: When I looked at it, what I saw was like sharing between organizations. You know, what what we maybe currently do via SFTP or right. you know, some kind of share file system, um, they're doing through their their SaaS application that just makes it easier, like you said, no code, um, easier for less technical people to do business-to-business sharing. That's what I saw, and there, there's certainly a big business problem there, and, and if someone comes along and, and innovates, I think there's an opportunity for them to, you know, become the Zoom, the Zoom of that area, right? You know, before Zoom came along, you would have said, oh, there's, there's way too many telepresence companies, um, and then Zoom comes and makes it easy, and all of a sudden, you know, they're whatever, they're worth $150 billion dollars.
1: Well, you know, clearly SFTP is uh, is mature and automated and there's no need for this. Right. Um, but, you know, beyond that, I think this is a good thing. If we can uh, get out of people's way and, and let them do their business, that's a good thing.
0: So congratulations to to Flatfile and their co-founder, David Bostovic, who is here in Denver, along with uh, five other folks. This is their biggest office.
1: Uh, so continuing on the the good news... Uh, Archer DX, a Boulder biotech firm,
0: has filed their IPO for up to $100 million. That's fantastic. They are going to be listed on NASDAQ under the trading symbol RCHR, or Archer without the vowels. Um, and it looks like what they do is they create a suite of software products to help clinicians with patient care and to help biopharma companies accelerate drug development.
1: Yeah, they also have a product that does uh, does cancer tracing, um, so that looks like a pretty cool thing. Uh, if you did read through the whole article, they did talk about the fact that, uh, you know, there is going to be some risk associated with their IPO, given that they don't make any money currently and that they're not expected to turn a profit for a while. Well, um, sounds like Amazon. But hey, you know, that sounds like a good investment.
0: All right. Well, well we're talking about yet another local company. Um, we've talked about systems. System 64. <laughs> System seventy six on the podcast quite a few times, but they have yet another big piece of news. And I'm excited to to keep you know bringing the news from them. I know a lot of folks in the community, especially the security community, like their systems. They make really high end Linux workstations and now laptops as well. Um, and they're announcing that they're coming coming to market with a brand new chip design.
1: Yeah, so they're going to be using the uh, AMD Ryzen and AMD Ryzen Threadripper chips. In uh, their new portable Linux workstations, and by portable it means it is—it's uh, technically a laptop, but they are using desktop-class chips, not mobile chips. So, uh, you know, it—it it is going to be a—I think—a fairly clunky laptop, not one that you're going to want to take on a, uh, a business trip where you don't have something to cart it around in. But uh, looking at the specs, they've got some some pretty good processors and pretty good graphics cards. So, sounds like, like, a, like a lot of like fun.
0: An- like a 1996 laptop.
1: Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's kind of what Gi- it looks like. Giant brick.
0: Yeah, I, I'll tell you, I I don't keep up with chips all that much, but at least from what this article saying is, that AMD has very clearly leapfrog Pentium in terms of you know the the chips that they're making, and um, and now they're excited to at least System 76 is excited to bring those higher quality chips to their devices.
1: They're killing it, Rob. Killing it. They're
0: killing it. Good. Good for uh, AMD as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, next. Uh, we had a story uh, from Red Canary. This is actually a, a republish of a story that was uh, first in Silicon Angle talking about the Dark Basin Hacking Group. Um, and so uh, Dark Basin has been running some campaigns. They were uh, it investigated by Citizen Lab and some other folks around uh, their fishing and, and what they were doing. And, uh, and Red Canary has some, some commentary in here about Dark Basin.
0: Yeah, pretty cool stuff. Uh, the, you know, I've heard of Dark in several other places. It's nice to see our very own uh, lovely local company, Red Canary, uh, quoted in here. Keith Rothy, Rothy, who is the, uh, excuse me, Chris Rothi, who is the uh, one of the co founders there and the chief product officer, um, really talking about what we've seen there and 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 really how these guys are going about what they do. Um, it's it's interesting. This is maybe the first time I remember seeing that it was an India based ATP um, for one of these big groups um and and really the people they've been targeting are high level like hedge funds uh, government organizations you know kind of you're not your run-of-the-mill ordinary you know go do wide wide spamming out to big groups of folks
1: yeah uh so good stuff uh glad red canary is uh is reaching researching and and talking about that stuff
0: all right, next we have a blog from Coal Fire, uh, which is a strategy for cybersecurity strategy. And this is written by John Hellickson. You all might remember we talked about John last week as he signed up as a new patron for our show. Maybe a coincidence, maybe not, but it's a pretty good article.
1: Yeah, um, you know, maybe he signed up and maybe we happen to notice that he was the author of this blog. Um, or maybe we just like John, either way. Um, or we know that Coal Fire has good blogs. Anyway, they're talking about um, the... Uh, CISO advisor uh, function that they have at Coal Fire and how they try to be a little bit different in looking at uh, your cybersecurity strategy. This is actually the first in a series of blog posts. So um, it's sort of laying out what that series is gonna be looking like. Uh, It looks like the next topic that they're gonna be talking about um, is um, around controls discipline, but also business alignment and performance management. So pretty interesting.
0: I really appreciated John shared a little bit of his own personal experience. You know, he was the CISO for First Data and he references in here. He doesn't say First Data, but, you know, we all know that's where he was. Um, he mentions really that he wished at the time that he was CISO there, he had a little bit better perspective on how to make a business aligned security strategy. And I think it's just really refreshing to hear someone talk that, hey, we're not perfect. We could use some help um, And and, you know, recognizing that just because you're in the position doesn't mean you're equipped to do it well yet. Um, And I think, you know, going to someone like this for help or reaching out to the community like we do on the Slack channel to ask these questions is is super high value. And really the most important thing is understand what makes your business successful and create a strategy that aligns to that.
1: Yeah. I mean, even somebody who can do it well, um, you know, you're always going to need some help. So it's good to know that that stuff is out there.
0: All right, uh, next article we have is from JumpCloud, and it's around identifying unencrypted private SSH keys on user machines.
1: Yeah, so I thought this was pretty cool. Um, JumpCloud, of course, is a uh, directory company, sort of an uh, alternative to Active Directory. And it sounds like one of the the functions that they have for uh, users and machines, excuse me, that are rol- enrolled in, in that directory, um, you know, they can check your, uh, your machines to see if the keys you have stored there are encrypted properly. So, uh, not a, uh, not anything that's, that's crazy, but you know, seems like a pretty good feature.
0: Yeah, I, I agreed. It looks like a pretty good feature. Um, they, it does turn a little bit into a sales pitch, I think as they go, but I, I think understanding that, those SSH keys are critically important and something that we need to be thinking about, making sure they're encrypted, making sure we know how they're controlled. Um, it, that's a super important point. And anyone who's not already thinking about that, probably spend a few, a few minutes trying to figure out how to do it in your own organization. For
1: sure. All right. And uh, last article for this week, uh, this comes to us uh, from Webroot. It's called Your Data, Their Devices, Accounting for Cybersecurity of Personal Computers.
0: Yep. So this is really uh, one of the findings from a report they did was that uh, personal devices are about twice as likely to be, uh, to be breached or to be uh, infected with malware as a, as, a per, as a business device. And this becomes especially important. And I think the, the whole part of this article is when you're working from home in COVID and there's so much more BYOD, that fact becomes much more important as a business. You need to be thinking about the fact that you've just potentially doubled the likelihood of getting some kind of malware on your endpoints.
1: Yeah, for sure, and, and that's a great point. Um, I think another great point, which is actually not in this article, but was in another article we didn't uh, include this week, is uh, you know with this the everyone working from home, the the greater possibility of uh, users using personal computers, you have to think about that fact for your your vendors and third parties as well. You know, all of a sudden, um, you've got an uptick that uh, that they might have in people using personal computers, and then they're going to have those same risks that you do.
0: And then their party, their third parties, and their third parties, and all of a sudden yes. we we got everyone covered, right? Oh my word! All right, hey, that is it for news. Let's move over to the Slack message of the week.
1: Yeah, thanks to Andre Gada, who is the sponsor of the Slack message of the week. Uh, we appreciate his support. He has been uh, supporting us uh, with the Slack message of the week, and even before that, we did uh, we did trivia prior to the, the Slack message of the week. Uh, for those of you that have been around long enough to remember that, and uh, he gives a, a $25 item from the Colorado Equal Security store every week to someone who we pick who made a great post in Slack.
0: So, Rob, who is our winner for this week? This week, we picked Flint. We picked Flint. He gave us an errata. We don't get a lot of errata on the show, which, you know, for those aren't aware, basically, if you have an error in a written word or, in this case, a podcast, um, that we can come back and call out. Uh, that's what errata is. And, and he called out the fact that what we called a, a microburst last week is actually a derecho. derecho.
1: Yeah, so uh, just to be clear, <laughs> you know, Rob, you chose this because he was pointing out the fact that I said it was a microburst.
0: He basically and, called you a terrible person, if I remember correctly.
1: Yeah, Something like that, something like that. Um, but so, yes, at the time when we recorded, I did not know that it was a derecho. I have since learned that,
0: and I appreciate Flint for pointing that out as well. And we can get better, and now Flint can look better wearing some piece of uh, Colorado Equal Security swag, or maybe holding it, or putting it on his car, or I don't know, on his uh, house. Do we have a, a Colorado Equal Security windsock, maybe? Uh, if we don't, you could certainly turn something into a windsock.
1: That's true. That is true.
0: All right. Well, congratulations to Flint on that. Let's go ahead and jump over to events. We do want to remind you we have a calendar of events on the website. You can go see all of the wonderful things happening in the next few months. Uh, But we have for the next couple of weeks, let's go through those events.
1: Uh, First, uh, NCC, uh, the National Cybersecurity Center down in Colorado Springs, is doing their 2020 cyber symposium on the 15th and 16th.
0: On the 16th, we have a couple of events. We have the CSA doing their June virtual meeting. And I think that was focused on how to build awesome security instrumentation to automate app testing and protection, which sounds like a really good topic.
1: You know, um, I apologize, Rob. That's not what it is. Um, I mispasted that from the OWASP meeting. That's actually the OAS topic for this month. Um, but once I pasted that comment in, I didn't have a way to remove it. So um, I'm sure the CSA has a great topic as well.
0: Well, I feel, I feel kind of like, like a jerk right now. I got to be honest with y'all. It looks like, okay, now, now I got to say what they're really doing. I, I clicked the link. Uh, they're going to be talking about cybercrime as a crisis or in a crisis. Uh, and that's going to be uh, talking about what changes proof point is seen to cyber criminal activity during the crisis.
1: Nice. Uh, as you mentioned, also on the 16th, ISSA Denver um, is doing one of the uh, not RMISC sessions. Uh, Matthew Titcomb. DoD contractors and those supporting them, are you ready to get audited?
0: Well done. On the 17th, a little bit of a flavor of what we just talked about. OWASP Denver is doing their June meeting, and they are going to be talking about how to build awesome security instrumentation to automate AppSec testing and protection.
1: And I agree with you. That sounds really cool. It's going to be Uh, Jeff
0: Williams who's doing that talk, by the way, from Contrast Security.
1: On the 18th, ISSA Denver uh, has Brad Rhodes talking, using big data tools to understand your cyber environment.
0: On the 23rd, the ISSA Denver has John Stock talking about securing connected devices and preventing wireless attacks.
1: On the 24th, ISC Squared Pikes Peak is doing their June chapter meeting.
0: On the 25th, ISSC Colorado Springs, ISSA Colorado Springs is doing their June online series.
1: Uh, also on the 25th, ISSA Denver is having uh, Toby Zimmerer addressing the need to dispose of data, something that uh, is good but you know
0: often overlooked. All right, so I get to say this, this last word. On the 27th, it's Akomathon.
1: That sounds right to me.
0: Akomathon. What is Akomathon?
1: Uh, that is a great question. Um, I am clicking on the link.
0: Yeah, so this uh, is, I know it this- is
1: Akomathon 2020.
0: This is the conference that they, they've been talking about it. And I've, we've actually seen a few notes about it in the Slack channel. Uh, basically, it was, they, their intention was for this to be an in-person conference. Due to COVID, they've moved it to being digital, but it, it should be in the future a, an in-person conference. And now there's some nice content. I'd say some more engineer type level content if you're interested in getting some hands-on security information.
1: Good stuff.
0: Oh, and a capture the flag. There's a big capture the flag as a part of it too.
1: Yep. And that is also our last event for the next two weeks.
0: Now, let's, let's talk about jobs. Alex, do you have any jobs you want to share this week?
1: You know, Rob, um, I don't know if I feel uh, good or bad that I have a job and you don't. Um, but yes, I am looking to hire a security program manager. Uh, this role will be someone that uh, helps me implement the things that we have in our security program, uh, work with all of the, the entities that we support and oversee, and make sure uh, what it is that we you need to get done gets done
0: and and what kind of technical skills are you looking for there?
1: Yeah so um, this job is just about zero percent technical. So skills like uh, project management, uh, communications, uh, you know people skills getting to build relationships um, as well as um, you know some knowledge of security
0: are important things for this role. Awesome. Uh, Moving along, we have Synex Corporation hiring a manager of IT security. Aero Electronics is looking for a corporate IT auditor, one. Ball Corp is hiring a cybersecurity operations lead.
1: Uh, There are actually a few jobs from Ball this week, so if that one doesn't strike your fancy, look for some others. Fluent Stream is looking for a security and compliance analyst.
0: Sierra Nevada Corp is hiring an information systems security manager, one.
1: IntelliSecure is looking for a vulnerability management program lead.
0: IntelliSecure is one of the local security companies. We haven't talked about much lately. I know they had some layoffs as a part of COVID, but it's good to see them getting to hire. Hopefully that means they're, they kind of got through the rough part there. Yeah. Uh, uh, Real-time Innovations is hiring a software engineer uh, security. Uh, Crow, uh,
1: which it used to be Crow Horvath, I think, um, is looking for a third-party risk manager. I think This is a consulting position.
0: And finally, Deloitte is hiring a cybersecurity platform engineer, and this is focused in Colorado Springs they're looking to hire.
1: Yeah, pretty cool.
0: Well, Alex, that is it. I'm excited to hear about your vacation when you get back. Maybe next week you can tell us all about all the COVID you got on the road.
1: (laughs) Uh, I won't be able to because I'll be in quarantine, but uh, maybe in two weeks I'll be able to tell you.
0: Cool. All right, well, that's it. Everyone have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Rob.